Unlock More to Life with Adrian Pinozo, Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we broadcast interviews with successful real estate investors across North America to empower you on your journey to unlocking more to life with real estate investing. Now, now here's your host, Adrian Pinozo. Hey everyone, it's Adrian Pinozo here with the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast, where we help you get more to life through the power of real estate investing. I have a super, super exciting guest here today, somebody that is into uh, a different part of investing that, quite frankly, I personally have stayed away from. So I'm actually anxious and excited to hear why our guest uh, chooses to invest in a certain type of uh, real estate, one that I've steered away from. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of cool. Who knows? Maybe I may do uh, may do a transition. But nevertheless, a couple quick notes uh, for our audience and people that follow uh, EPC. Uh, we're actually, uh, some exciting news, we're hosting two events in March. Uh, first one is March 16th. So all this is going to be on my social media, guys. Uh, go to my social media on Instagram, Facebook, whatnot. Um, link will be in my bios where you can register for these events, in-person events. First one's March 16th. I'm hosting, along with a very good colleague of mine, uh, a, an in-person event held in Grimsby. And all to do with why now in 2023 is a great, great time to invest in the Niagara region. So my friend Henry, who's part of the Knighton Real Estate Advisors, um, is a very, very uh, fluid and well-to-do realtor slash investor in that area. And it's a, it's a market, I think, that has what well, we think has great opportunity. So we're hosting this in-person event for everybody that who has ever had an interest in investing in Niagara region. And we're going to be doing nothing but talking about Niagara region and deals out there and what deals look like and so on and so forth. And then secondly, uh, March 30th, uh, everything to do with, if you've ever thought of investing in apartment buildings, March 30th, I'm hosting an in-person event uh, in Hamilton with a uh, expert in the numbers, in the refinances, in the CMHC um, exits for apartment building financing and deals. Uh, March 30th, in person. We're going to hold that one in Hamilton. Again, watch me on my socials. We're going to give you a lot of information on that. Uh, come on out. It's, it'll be a jam-packed information night for everybody to take advantage of. Uh, so on that note, let's get right into it. Uh, Dan, our good friend Dan McMullen is waiting patiently, but let me give you the quick the quick nuts and bolts about Dan and his what he's into. Uh, Dan invests in particularly student rentals in the Peterborough, Peterborough area, as well as infinite banking to supplement his investing activities. We'll touch more upon not only the student rentals, but this infinite banking strategy, if you will, that Dan has uh, pretty much mastered in his short time, but successful time in real estate investing. 
Uh, and well, I want to talk to you, Dan, too. We'll get into it about your power team of investors and, and growing this portfolio that you've done so well so far. So, Dan, welcome to the More to Life Real Estate Investing Podcast. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Yeah, doing great. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, excited to dive into some of these topics. I think we can have a, a really rich conversation for your listeners. Yeah, awesome. So let's get into it. Uh, tell us about how it all started for you and where you where you were, where you came from, and where you are today. Yeah, I think um, I I think a major turning point in my life was uh, turning forty, and and maybe some other men can resonate or people can resonate that uh, sort of that midlife time where you you just reflect on am I doing everything correctly or am I doing everything right? Um, so back in um, 2019, I kind of had this um, realization uh, looking around at other people, whether it is, uh, you know, at large cottages on certain lakes or or houses or people taking trips or I was wondering, am I financially doing things um, properly? I'm a, I'm a teacher by trade. That's my my day job. And, you know, very very successful doing that. I have a salary income, uh, healthy pension coming my way. However, um, just started learning, you know, is there more than just this? And um, certainly something I was exploring is, is that as teachers, we sometimes over rely on our income and we over rely on our pension and our financial literacy may not be as good as it really should be. So Definitely started um, having this realization. You know, been hearing about real estate, and uh, just started talking to different people about um, opportunities. And I, I came across a really good friend, Scott, who had been doing lots of uh, student rentals as well. And uh, next thing, I, I just took some information from him. And uh, next thing I knew, four months later, I was into my first student rental. Wow, just like that, four months bingo. And you know what? Sometimes that's what it takes just to have someone give you that that confidence or a little bit of education or guidance to take that step and get in the game, right? Yeah, Adrian, that's really a good point. I borrowed his confidence. And I really like that expression, borrowing people's confidence. And, you know, we may not have the confidence right away because everything might be filled with a little bit of fear when it comes to investing or the unknown. But um, if you can essentially be a copycat and take a, a proven template that works, that's all I really did. And um, it, it proved to be very successful over the last uh, four years. Amazing. So you've been in the game four years. Uh, did you leave your, are you still a teacher or? Yeah, very much still a teacher, uh, a teacher in Markham, a high school phys ed teacher, uh, really enjoy my job, work with uh, fantastic people. And, um, you know, really, uh, being a teacher is a great foundation for building up real estate. Banks really like working with, uh, salary income people like myself. So I've been able to leverage that, uh, salary income and able to, to borrow money and to purchase, uh, th this real estate. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so you get started, you buy your first one for, I know when I started, I started with a home equity line of credit, right? Didn't have, you know, 60, 80, hundred grand cash sitting around. Um, how did you start? Did you have savings or did you leverage on a line of credit to get in the game? Yeah, mul um, multiple different ways. So definitely had, thank thankfully I had equity in my house. So I was able to get a home equity line of credit. And I also, I want everything I do, I like doing as a team and I like doing it with people. Uh, so I was able to convince my brother and my uh, best buddy, Ryan, to uh, to join me in this adventure. And, you know, we were able to pool some money together on a, a joint venture 
and um, we were able to purchase this this first property. Um, it definitely wasn't a traditional student rental at the time. We took um, a rather large single family home. At the time, it was an illegal duplex that the city had found out. And they, um, at the time, the the owners, want, instead of conforming to what the city wanted, they decided to put it up for sale and move move it. So we were um, we were able to uh, pick up this property. It was five fifty at the time, and um, we were able to convert it into a legal uh, eight bedroom student rental in Peterborough. So um, yeah, we kind of took a we kind of took advantage of a, a situation there um, where it was deemed as sort of a one class of a building, and we were able to transition it to another one. Amazing, and um, which kind of brings me into my next question. Um, why student rentals? Like, why not apartment buildings or why not condos? Why student rentals? Yeah, I guess. Um, well, for one, the the individual, my buddy Scott, he was already into them, so it was a proven track record uh, that that was being successful that I could copycat. So maybe if he was into duplexes or triplexes, I would be going down that route, but it just happened to be student rentals. And, and being a teacher, uh, it was a good, it, there's a lot of good skill sets that I have in dealing with um, the tenants in which I'm, I'm dealing with. So these tenants are 18, 19, 20 years old and, and being a high school teacher, that's um, a little bit older than what I'm dealing with, but there's a lot of similarity. So, you know, when we're doing tenanting, I'm calling parents and making sure that the parents are well aware of of the leases that are being signed and um, working with the the students in order to have expectations as how, far as how they should treat the property and and what needs to be done. So um, reflecting back, it was a it's a it's a really good transition for the skill set in which we have. There's a n- number of other reasons. Like I really um, we don't really have to deal with landlord tenant board. Um, it's a very there's a lot of turnover with the student rental. So um, that's been beneficial in the last three years with inflation. We've been able to increase rents fairly fairly quickly as uh, tenants come and go. So there definitely is um, there is some advantages in this uh, asset class. Awesome. Awesome. Um, which is, you know, like I mentioned there a minute ago, it's something I've steered away from. And I'm kind of similar like you when I started, you know, my for lack of a better word, mentor or uh, colleague that got me in the game uh, was into the duplexes and triplexes and fourplexes. So again, he's kind of giving me passing the torch or giving me some guidance. So yeah, I went down that road. You went down this road and I always had the, um, you know, I've always had the, the fear of dealing with that age demographic and, you know, you hear those horror stories. Have you experienced any horror stories in your buildings um, with, uh, you know, extensive damage and whatnot? Uh, the answer is no, uh, but I can definitely see there are the horror stories out there. Uh, we do things very, very intentionally. So we we intentionally bought a very nice property. So our theory was with a nice property, we're going to get the best tenants. Like we want the best tenants in Peterborough possible. So we we aspire to have the best student rental in Peterborough so we can have the very best tenants. We can have the very best, I guess, parents, uh, you could call it. So, um, you know, we do an extensive screening process. We're we're making sure we're doing our our background uh, checks on everybody. 
we, yeah, so we're really providing a fantastic product and then in turn we can get fantastic tenants. So have we had any horror stories? No, we definitely have not. Um, there's been certain challenges. Like we, um, we, we really try and encourage no pets in our house and, and long and behold, one of the tenants brings a dog and, you know, it's, that seems like a small thing, but when you're advertising as no pets because of allergies or any of those yeah. concerns, and then tenants are bringing in animals, well, now you have some tenants who are unhappy about having this dog in here. And so you just, you really can't sweat the small stuff. You really need to um, communicate. You really need to empathize and work with the tenants. So, um, you know, we haven't had any horror stories, knock on wood, but I also have the mindset Whatever comes our way, we're just going to have to, as long as we are doing things with the best intention, we are trying to provide the best product. We're working with the city of Peterborough. We have licensing. We have the um, fire department has inspected our units that um, we're really trying to minimize our risk. And that's really important for us. Yeah, for sure. Minimizing risk and managing risk is is huge in that game for sure. What's the biggest challenge then with student rentals? Is it finding the right property? Is it the zoning? Is it the city? Or is it finding the right tenants? What have you, if you had to comment on that, what would you say? Um, that's a really, it, it's all a lot of work because you, I guess is the best way you really have to find the best product. Like we're really looking for a specific house. When we do this, we want to make sure that there's um, at least minimum three full bathrooms uh, and we want we want eight tenants. So we want eight. That's how you really get your cash flow up is when you can put um, multiple bedrooms in these houses. And we were looking for common space on on both floors. We're looking for kitchens, kitchenettes. Uh, we really want so you can't like even I'm looking right now to buy another property. And and if they don't pop up on a specific footprint and in a specific area. Uh, you don't want to force the issue. So I think definitely inventory right now, um, it you know, in finding that right property is is definitely problematic. And um, I think all investors can relate. Like just delays with construction, construction costs, um, that's always been problematic. So trying to, you know, you have this vision of getting your, your building up and running in, in five to six months. And it always takes, it's taken us seven to eight. Um, so we're now allotting an eight month, turnaround between purchase and tenants. Um, and that's a long time. So, you know, we, we, you have to carry the mortgage and carry those costs for eight months of downtime on that unit. And that can be rather expensive. So uh, that's another sort of challenge that um, we're willing to, to get in mm -hmm. into. Mm -hmm. Let's talk quickly about um, for everybody out there that may be interested. Okay. Before I ask this question, why Peterborough? Let me ask you that. Well, a couple of reasons. First, uh, the licensing that the city of Peterborough provides is very important to myself. I'm a teacher. I'm, I have a young family. I don't want to be doing anything that's sort of offside or that's not on the up and up. So Peterborough, they offer what's called a large dwelling uh, unit license. And that's that's gold for me because now, you know, now there's, if, if the neighbors are not happy with how many cars are parked, you know, what I can say is I, you know, talk to the city. I've done all my due diligence. Everything is in the up and up. So Peterborough provides that proximity. I manage um, with Ryan and Jeff, my brother and best bud. There, we we manage our own properties. Mm -hmm. um, we find you know there's great property management people out there, and there's 
there could be not so great property management people out there. We believe no one's going to take better care of our properties than ourselves. So yeah. um, we, it's only, it's less than an hour from where I live in Whitby. So I'm able to, uh, if there's a problem, I can pop out there, service the uh, the property with whatever needs, and then I can come home. So those two reasons I would say, um, oh, and a third, I guess, would be with be pricing. Peterborough is not um, the same as a, you know, a Hamilton or Toronto or Mississauga or any of those. Yeah, You're getting yeah. a little bit of a discount for being um, the proximity to the GTA. Which, okay, that's fair. And because um, I know I was thought, I thought you were going to say, well, I live in Peterborough and that's why kind of that first time mentality where I got to live five minutes from my rental property or else I'm not going to sleep at night. And, and I was that guy when I bought my first duplex. It was literally three minutes from my house and I was still not sleeping at night because I was so nervous. It was my first, I just got in the game. Um, but Okay, so Peterborough, and you, you mentioned something there, which brings me to my next question. What's your average price point on what you're looking to buy right now in, in 2023? Something that you can convert to a nice student rental. What's the going rate, give or take? Yeah, um, well, I can just give you history. In 2019, we paid five fifty dollars for our, our first one. Um, we put about $30,000 in rental costs for that. We bought, um, we did a duplex in uh, Peterborough as well. So we bought that one for 610. And then we bought the uh, the last one in 2021 for, we, we paid a fair bit for that one, 775. And we put um, 50,000 into that. So we were into that for 825. But uh, the numbers are strong. Like we're getting 5,500 uh, monthly rent for, for that eight bedroom. So it is cash flowing nicely. So I would say like realistically right now, if we could find something Oh, it'd be incredible if we could find it in mid sixes. Um, but uh, I would say mid sixes to low sevens, uh, being the interest rates have increased substantially uh, yeah. from a year ago. Uh, yeah. That this the, really the interest rates really cut into to cash flow. Oh, so, 100%. yeah. So that that's the price point. I think um, I think we're looking at timing is very important too. So if anyone's looking to do this, uh, the best tenants are looking are looking in November and December for leasing in May. So when we're looking to purchase our properties, our window for purchasing and, and starting to reno is July, August, September, October. That's when we want to purchase it. And then we do renovations over the winter and it's complete and ready for May 1st for the, the tenants. Now we actually show these units um, you know, this is, this is a little bit where the risky parts in we're mid construction when we're showing our, our rentals. So right. um, they kind of have to see the vision and we kind of have to get it done. So it's uh, a bit of a race against time, but um, so far it's worked out. Gotcha. Awesome. On average, what are you charging a room at your student rentals? It's really, uh, it's really changed over the last uh, little while. We were happy to do sort of the 575 to 650 back in 2019 yeah. And, um, you know, now, now our premium room, we just signed a lease for 825 and our, our floor now for any, our floor for any room in the house is 750. So, um, and students aren't blinking an eye for that. Um, they're paying that now we have to do that in order to, um, you know, mitigate all these rising costs yeah. that are happening yeah. and still making it worth our while. So, yeah. um, 
Yeah, but you know, you look at residences, residences with a meal plan now are, you know, 12, 13, 1400 for for residents plus a meal plan. So, um it, you know, I don't students don't seem to be balking at uh at the 750 floor. Mm. And you typically have what? Eight rooms? We have eight eight, eight rooms and we have two eight bedroom student rentals in Peterborough. Yeah, for Got the it. student side. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um <clears throat> Let's get into, tell us a little bit more about uh, what infinite banking is for those of us who don't know uh, what you mean by that. Yeah. So infinite banking concept. I know you've had uh, Jason Lowe on here. He um, he was on, I think, six or eight months ago on on your podcast. And Jason's wonderful in talking uh, through this process. But we're, we're taking um, participating dividend paying whole life insurance policies and we are overfunding these policies. And what essentially what we're trying to do is we're trying to create a family bank or a central bank in our name using these policies. Uh, so, you know, as the policies, as time goes on, these policies are able to grow in cash value. Um, and they're also paying dividends and the dividends gets rolled back into these policies. The beautiful thing about the policies is you can borrow uh, collaterally against your policy. Right. So um, what I'm doing is, is you know, any cash flow or any flow that I have, let's say I bring in $5,500 of rent per month. Well, traditionally in a bank, that money just goes into my bank account and all the money gets distributed to its various places. So it just distributes to a bank for mortgage, utilities, um, you know, um, internet, it just gets distributed. Well, you know, what could we do prior to that money being sent out into the universe and never coming back to us? Well, that's where I can fund policies on the front door through the net or gross rent coming in. So I can fund a policy and then I can take a policy loan to pay expenses. Well, I'm capturing the value of all that money that's flowing towards me before it leaves my system. So I've been now doing the infinite banking concept for, for four years and I'm able to really capture the, the power of this money before it leaves. So it's certainly, I know it's a little bit of a, um, an, or an orthodox or a different way of thinking, but with real estate investors that we have a lot of, rent coming towards us we're we should be able to capitalize on that money before it leaves and that's essentially what we're doing i do it too i just didn't know that's what it's called actually <laughs> but essentially you're borrowing against your policy and you're investing that money correct right yeah i do or that. you know you're um you know in certain un, ideally that's what uh that's what you want to be doing right now sometimes i'm taking policy loans in order to pay for um expenses but then as new fresh money comes in the front door i'm able to pay back policy loans so it's the flow of money in out in out that i'm able to capitalize on Got and it. um yeah and it's uh you know it can be very scary for a lot of people because of the unknown this is a a concept that a lot of people aren't and even the word concept it sounds like a you know it sounds that's not the greatest word for it but um it's it's a process and it's not a get rich quick it's a get rich slow 
Mm-hmm. And um, it's making every dollar that you you can stuff into these policies really work. And the beautiful thing about these policies is the, the collateralized loan. When money goes into my policies, it never, ever comes out. Um, it's going to be in there compounding for the rest of my life. And then when I die, all that money gets paid in a death benefit tax-free to my uh, to my children. And then structured properly, I already have policies on them. Um they're going to they're going to receive the money from my death benefit. And then in turn, when they die, their children receive the money in death benefit. So it's really creating generational wealth and, and legacy. Yeah, I'm sold on that because I actually do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I do the exact same thing, uh, investing like that as well. So yeah, it works for everybody listening. It works. I've done it. Obviously, Dan does it. And uh yeah, it's it's definitely a great great tool. Um, and Adrian, really quick, like I really enjoy talking about um, this concept. So um, anyone, and I'll leave my my information. Uh, yeah, we'll at definitely the end. put your contact stuff out. Happy to uh, walk people through and just kind of um, you know, I, it's the teacher in me. I just want to I want to teach and I want to be helpful. So anyone wants to reach out and chit chat about that, happy to do that. Awesome. Yeah, thank you for that offer. So. Many would argue that real estate, with real estate, you have to be willing to take smart, calculated risks. With this comes the idea of adaptability. We can see with COVID, things changed overnight in the industry. And obviously, even with all the influx in in interest rates, things almost changed overnight as well. For every rate hike, rate hike, rate hike. Um, You were investing in and around COVID as well right? What was going through your mind? How did you find that? Were you kind of the guy that said, I'm going to capitalize because everybody's scared to pull the trigger? Or what what were you doing around that time? And what were you thinking? Well, definitely the answer is yes, I was able to capitalize. We bought, we were able to buy a duplex, um, an incredible duplex right during lockdown. So um, we actually purchased that one April of 2020. So the real estate market definitely took a dip and a, a pause when people just weren't really sure what was happening. Um, they weren't even allowing open houses at the time, but they were yeah. allowing showings. Yeah. So um, we saw that as an opportunity. We jumped in and we were able to pick up another uh, property for definitely a discount. Um, it, it was being listed for 680 and we offered, uh, we got them all the way down to 610 on that uh, purchase. So that was pretty incredible. Now, uh, just backing up, we were going through construction and we had just signed leases with our original student rental tenants back in, um, I guess it was January, February, March of 2020. And that was right during the initial lockdown. That was right during things were going sideways in the world. We uh, we weren't sure what the, what the tenants were going to do. Um, you know, they had signed leases, but uh, we were confident that students still want to be around other students and they want to go to university. So even if they were to do remote learning, and in fact, we were right, um, they would still want to be together in that house. So when the dust settled, uh, two of our eight students ended up pulling out. They said, can we just get out a release? We're not coming uh, to Peterborough. But um, we were able to quickly fill those spots, um, fill those spots. And I attest that to having the best product. So, you know, with your listeners, I would just really encourage you if you, if you want to, if you do have fear, 
buy the very best product by location. This is, you know, real estate 101. Yeah. And um, it's going to, it's really going to mitigate that risk. So, you know, and also I surrounded myself with, with great people and we were, you know, we were talking on the side, Hey, what's going to happen? What do you think? And, you know, having that community of people has been really a great support for me as I've gone through this journey uh, because you don't need to do this alone. And I think even your podcast and and people, uh, you you building your community through this podcast, that's um that's kind of proof right there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, so many people are scared to buy in the market as of late. I think it's starting to turn actually now. We're we're seeing we're seeing some momentum building now. Maybe it's because people think the spring market's around the corner or. People are realizing the the media hype is a little inflated or a lot inflated with the doom and gloom. Um, but would you buy in today's market? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I people need places to live, and people want to continue moving on with their life. Um, renters need places, students need places. Um, so it's it's a real uh, fundamental need, which uh, which definitely is going to happen. Now, you know, definitely what's great. And I think your listeners definitely need to something they need to be aware of. You need to have these exit strategies that we we're all talking about. So even with our student rentals, we could easily convert these on a pivot to duplexes. Like they both have side entrances. They have basements with kitchenettes. So you know, I would just really try and mitigate your risk in any way you can. Be selective on the properties that you're buying. Make sure that there's multiple purposes, whether that's student rental, whether it's duplexes, converting to, um, you know, garden suites and really being nimble, uh, even short-term rentals. Can, you, you could even do that. And um, so really having exit strategies, being being having the ability to pivot um, would be really beneficial. But I'm uh, I'm definitely bullish on real estate and I'll I'll keep going. I love it. So am I. We just firmed up on two apartment deals um, this past, well, since the beginning of January. So yeah, January to first week of Feb, we bought two buildings. We firmed up on two buildings, adding another uh, 17 doors to our portfolio. Um, so yeah. Congratulations. I'm That's right awesome. Yeah. You. I'm yep. right behind you. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I want to get into uh, some personal things, but not not overly personal. But um, <clears throat> obviously, you've been at this for several years. You've you've been successful. Let's call you the student rental king, or <laughs> very very knowledgeable in that space. And you're a teacher, so you're an educator and stuff like that. And you're obviously well spoken. <clears throat> um, but let's go back to the grassroots. What is your why? Why do you do what you do every day? Yeah, I, I often think about this. It really, I know it sounds a little bit cheesy, but it's a, there's a lot to do in a call with uh, with legacy and leaving a legacy. Um, certainly, I want to be when I want to when I'm 92 and maybe on my way out. I don't want to leave any any regret or anything on the table. I want to live my very best. And I want to live my very best for my family, my friends. Um, so it's, you know, there's a really great quote about Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, um, he never compared himself to anyone else, but he compared himself to his potential. So what is your greatest potential? How great can you be? And um, if I can be a role model for my kids, if I can be a role model for my my friends, um, my students, 
I really want to um, sort of ha- be that be that guy who can demonstrate, be as good as you can be. So that's uh, that's my why. I love it. I love it. Um, obviously, you're you're very successful now relative to the way the world views success. But when you think about more to life, what do you see? And is there more to life for you today moving forward? What do you vision? What do you see? Yeah, it's really, it comes down to the goal setting piece, the 20 year, 10 year and five year goals when it comes to more to life. So the 20 year goal for me is to have, um, you know, three kind of, resident compounds. I want to have a cottage compound. I want to have a, a Florida or, or a, a winter compound and then have a, a family compound. And really, I want to create these um, places where my kids and the grandkids want to come for sustained periods of time and hang out with my wife and I. So that's really the more to life is creating that lifestyle. The 10 year plan is just, you know, I really think I don't want to ever become stagnant to the point where I really like my job now, but I can also see where I want to maybe grow more in the real estate or the, I'm just starting a, a podcast. Um, the podcast is called Beyond the Bell, Lifestyle Design for Canadian Teachers. Uh, and I'm doing that with my colleague, uh, Anuja Pereira. And we're we're just, we're really advocating for lifestyle and living your best life. So that's, uh, you know, the 10 year plan is, is being able to maybe work part-time and allowing my real estate and my other passive income to supplement that and to really free up time that where I can do um, other areas of interest. So I don't want to work until I'm 55 and my my pension is is mature. That's not going to happen. Um, I minimum um, will be done at 50, if not sooner. So I can um, I can really experience some things that I want to experience with with more time freedom. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Last question. We're hovering about 35 minutes now, so we've got cover off that ride into work. We could chat for we could chat for hours. Either. We could go for hours on this all day long That's for That's sure. <clears throat> so one last parting word of advice to people out there getting into the game, uh potentially thinking of student rentals or not, but just a piece of advice to leave our audience with. Uh, that helped you in your journey and may help them in their journey and what they're looking to accomplish. What would that be? Yeah, this one, this one's really easy. It's, it's surround yourself with like-minded people and community. There's so many great uh, real estate, uh, you know, real estate groups out there all over Ontario. Find it, find a group, um, go to their meetings, be active in there, leverage their expertise, uh, podcast, so really surround yourself with like-minded people. The beautiful thing about our um, our industry, the real estate group, is there is a, an idea of abundance. Everyone wants to help each other. It's not a scarcity group. There's enough pie. There's enough. There's enough to go around. And I really love that about the the real estate community. Uh, I've actually tried to scale up my own little community. Uh, it's called Cashflow Crew, and we do virtual meetings once a month, and we bring on uh, guests just to, to uh, talk about various topics. So that's something that I've been working away is, is creating my own sort of virtual community and um, along with having in-person communities uh, that are available across Ontario. So get connected with uh, like-minded people where you can borrow their confidence. I love that. Borrow their confidence and get get in the game, get started or grow. 
you may be already in the game, but grow in the game uh, by borrowing somebody else's confidence. And, and, and if you are, if you've been in it for a long time, like, like even like yourself, uh, Adrian it's mentoring people and it's helping. And, um, you know, there's so much more we can, we can learn and this world is ever changing. So it's very dynamic and it's not stagnant. So we all even, you know, everyone always has more to learn. Love it. Love it. Well, Dan, it's been great. Some really good words of wisdom. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like I said, I've always shun away from it maybe because I never started in it and I thought oh who wants to deal with with you know that age demographic but it obviously it's been successful for you and you're continuing to look forward and move forward and grow forward so yeah it's been a pleasure how do people get a hold of you Dan if they want to pick your brain on the infinite uh banking strategy or you know pick your brain about student rentals how do they contact you yeah. Um, my email, uh, it Dan at cashflowcrew.ca. They can definitely uh, get a hold of me through their Instagram, Dan McMullen Lifestyles. I'm on Instagram there. We're starting a uh, Facebook page called Beyond the Bell, Lifestyle Design for Canadian Teachers. So uh, you can reach out that. there. Yeah. I love you. that. Beyond the Bell. Beyond the Bell. Was that Let's... show when we were growing up? Saved by, Saved the, bell. by the Bell. That? Remember that show? Yeah, I certainly do. Yeah, yeah Zach Morris that. and the whole, the whole, yeah. the whole clan. So, uh, no, I really enjoy connecting with people. So I, I hope, uh, you know, I want to help and I want to learn. So get, I hope your listeners uh, listen to this and and reach out and get connected. Awesome. Well, that's it, folks. Uh, by the way, that was episode fifty-seven. Believe it or not, we are rolling hard here. We're looking to continue to pump out three to four episodes a month and continue having awesome guests like Dan on the Mortal Life Real Estate Investing Podcast. So Dan, thanks again. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day and we'll chat soon.